This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Until you step into the unknown, you don't know what you're made of. Roy T. Bennett. This is something that I learned about myself. I'm like a dog with a stick, right? I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. Uh, I got a close friend of mine, Allie, who lives in Minnesota, and she has this dog named Juniper, who loves the water and who loves playing fetch. And I would be throwing these all these sticks into the water, and she'd be jumping in. And my friend had to eventually, a couple of times, say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, I need you to stop doing that with my dog right now. Uh, she doesn't know when to quit, and you're going to kill her if you keep going." Uh, and I've learned about myself that I need to have some patience with myself and take breaks because that freedom that I love and, and dear so much is, I'll just keep going. I'll just keep, oh, what's around over there? Oh, what's over there? Oh, who am I gonna meet over here? And I just keep going. I went two months without taking a zero day. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, Dirtbags and Hiker Trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder, if you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. 
All right, let's get to this week's guest, a thru-hiker who has been a very busy man in 2022 with more than 4,200 miles under his feet. I want to thank him for taking a brief break from the trail to talk to me today. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod, Jason Tompkins. How's it going, Jason? I'm doing fantastic. How you doing, Doc? Absolutely wonderful. This is a nice three-day weekend. You and I are talking. How can I get any better? I can't think of all. Well, I can. Uh, as soon as I'm done with this, uh, I'm going to go to the beach with my br- little brother and my nephew. Nice. <laughs> nice. Now, during those 4,200 miles this year, that's very busy. Did you Have you picked up a trail name along the way somewhere? I did. Yeah. Uh, out and about. Out and about. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Out and about. <laughs> and how'd you come by that? Well, I... I actually named myself after a series of, uh, I know that's breaking all the rules and all the laws and all the traditions, uh, but after a series of uh, proposed names, a couple of them that I was like, yeah, that'll work. I'm totally cool with that. The trial family I was with just, uh, they didn't, they weren't using them. So I decided to come up with my own. (laughs) There you go. I have a strong suspicion that happens more often than not. You know, who, who, how are we, how are we going to know? Yeah, no, Absolutely. Hey, my trail name is Cheese, and it's because of this great story. And they tell you this great story. You don't know. You don't know if no. they're telling the truth or not. You have to take them. No, you them. don't. <laughs> so you just so outed good. yourself, really. I mean, you could have gone with anything there. I could have. Yeah, yeah, I could have. Yep. I try to be honest, though. <laughs> Very honest guy. Hey, out and about. Have you listened to the podcast before? I have. I've listened to, I'd, I'd say, just about every episode. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you've really seen the evolution of the podcast. I have for better or for worse. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I hope I hope it was for better. <laughs> no, I'm still listening to it, so the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. You know, I, I go back and I listen to some of those early episodes and kind of just shake my head. I mean, we had fun talking about stuff, but it was, it, you know, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of uh, post production add ons. You know, spicy, exciting sure. stuff that I do with with the audio. But even back in those early days, I mean, it was it was pretty rough. I think on a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> all right hey do you have a favorite episode or a favorite guest um i i always love it when uh um legend is on uh i really appreciate i i that, that guy's just he's he's a wild man uh jeff garmeyer um yeah and uh snorkel uh liz thomas i believe she was on uh they were awesome um Quadzilla is always fun. And uh, the prodigy, the hiking prodigy, uh, Tyler Lau, always fantastic. Yeah. 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 Quadzilla is going to come back on once he's he's finished his massive trek this calendar yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, the we di- didn't you do the, the professor? I believe you did a couple of yeah, times, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's coming back on as well. Awesome. Of course, you have to have him back on. Yeah, yeah he's he's amazing. And Garmeyer, yeah, he is he is a crazy dude who is just yeah. doing fantastic things out there. He's actually <laughs> got a a new documentary, uh, I think, premiering on the fifteenth, November fifteenth. So that's uh, by the time you're listening to this, it's already out. But that in our in our time right now, that's next week. Uh, he didn't do the documentary. He, the documentary is about him. So somebody made a documentary about him. And uh, I think it's about the calendar year triple crown and it's premiering in Denver next. Uh, next. Oh, cool. Year, For some yeah. reason, I was thinking it was about uh, his FKT attempt on the Colorado trail, but the calendar year triple crown. Oh yeah. That sounds quite intriguing. 
Yeah, and I probably butchered that somehow, so don't hold me to it. It could be about any one of those things. It's going to be <laughs> a enough, cool documentary, enough. though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you are familiar with the format of the uh, the podcast here. We've got a, a section at the end that we do called the Pro Tip Inside of the Week. I'm sure that you are totally prepared for that and ready to go. So don't uh, don't get surprised when we get there. Indeed. All right. The Must Bring Gear Review. You, I am sure, are also, are also familiar with the Must Bring Gear Review, sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Six Moon Designs. And uh, Here's how it works for those people tuning in for the very first time. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So out and about, what is your Must Bring piece of gear? Uh, this is debatable. Uh, does my phone count? Can I use my phone? You know, what? It, it, it is your recommendation. So you, you can, you can uh, shape it any way you want. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say uh, if it counts, I would say my phone just because it's, it just makes everything so convenient. I used to do a lot of traveling all over the country prior to uh, smartphones and just having that around, it makes it unbelievably easier. Uh, if that didn't count, I would say my backpack. Uh, my backpack is the uh, Hyperlight Mountain Gear uh, Junction. It's the 55 liter one. So I believe it's the 3400 model. Absolutely love it. Yep. 100%. Highly okay. recommend. Nice. I, I like both of those recommendations. You know, I, I tell my kids, I grew up in an age where I didn't have a computer in my pocket, let right. alone access to all of the world's knowledge. Uh, in my pocket and you know, it was the, it was the dark ages when i grew up in the 80s so uh, they got yeah it, it was easy. like back in the day when uh the, your teachers said uh well you have to learn your math because you're not you're not going to be able to walk around with a calculator in your pocket all the time that's right <laughs> that's right <laughs> and you know did your family have a a set of encyclopedias in the house yes we did yep yeah, <laughs> all of the world's knowledge right there in those books on the shelf. You want to know That's something? Right. You go, you go pull that pull that volume out and take a look. Yeah. Now now it's in your pocket wherever you want, yep. whenever you want. Yeah, and that uh, that GPS makes things a lot easier. <laughs> right, right. Now tell me a little more about the about the Hyperlite backpack. Um, it's the Hyperlite Mountain Gear backpack. It's the Junction, so it's basically the same as the Southwest, except it's got a mesh. Um, back like the big back pocket mm -hmm. uh it's it's a super basic pack big long tube uh roll roll top 55 liter uh i could probably i could get by with the smaller one but honestly i really like it if i want to do like a, a 10 day food carry or something like that i like being able to have the option to i don't have to go into town super super often um yeah i just i got it and uh, I, I started using it in december and then I probably noticed around February, I had I had about a week to week and a half worth of food in there. Picked it up with one hand and was like, "Oh boy, this 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 pack is heavy." Threw it on and would, and you, I didn't even notice it was on anymore. And that's when I knew I had a good pack. That's when I knew that fit right for my body. And yeah, I fell in love with it, and yeah. I wouldn't trade it in for anything. Yeah. Now the hyperlights, are they frameless. They are. Uh, well, they have two aluminum. Um, bars that you can put in there and i do use them um although frankly i don't think that i need to but i also just haven't experimented with not using them yet okay yeah. so, hey let, let's continue our our discussion of gear with 
It's the hawking pole. The hawking <laughs> pole. That's right. So this is a seven question survey. It's poll, P-O-L-L, like survey, not P-O-L-E, like the kind you hold in your hand. Uh, these seven questions and your answers to them will help me give you a, a sanity score on a scale of one to 100, one being completely insane and 100 being completely sane. If I were to ask your, uh, your, your brother and your, your nephew where you'd fall on that scale, what do you think they'd say? How it about absolutely absolutely insane and i, I think i'm gonna fail this 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. so if this is like if we're in school is a failing score less than 60 or is it where is the failing score on the sanity scale I, i'm guessing less than 60 yeah <laughs> okay all right well depending on which questions that you are going to ask on this that's right do you do you, do you prefer the the set a questions or set b questions set a of course, are all about hiking Set B is is the big world issues facing us, our society today. Set A. Yeah, let's go with set oh, A. All right. <laughs> Here we go. First question, set A. Trekking poles or no trekking poles? No, trekking poles. Oh, wow. Hang on. I got I to gotta make a note. <laughs> Just a, a clue for our viewers out there and also our future guests that if you, if you see me write anything down during the hiking pole, it's usually a point deduction. So yeah. out and about, you're going to get carpal tunnel soon. <laughs> <laughs> out and about, tell us why no trekking poles. That's a, that's an unusual answer. I, I honestly have, uh, uh, I haven't run into a situation yet where I needed them. Um, except maybe if I'm crossing a Creek or something, some stream that's a little bit high, I'll just go grab some sticks to brace myself and get across. And then, lay them aside next to the trail in case anybody else needs them later on. Um, I, yeah, I honestly haven't needed them. I haven't done too many gigantic mountains, but you know, I've spent a few months in the mountains this year so far and I felt, I felt fine. My knees haven't given me any troubles. So pretty comfortable with not using them. Okay. And luckily in the swamps in uh, South Florida on the Florida trail, uh, when you're, if you lose your footing, luckily there's a bunch of cypress trees you can just grab onto. <laughs> Got it. So you make do with natural substitutes uh, when needed. Yep. Okay. Now, what's on your feet there uh, out and about? Second question, boots or trail runners? Trail runners. Okay. And do you have a particular brand that you prefer? Um, I have a particular brand that I've used this whole year, and that's the uh, New Balance uh, Nitrel V4s. Um, I just haven't used anything else. I'm considering trying out some uh, Hoka Speed Goats, but I haven't used them yet. I also haven't had any complaints with my shoes, so don't fix it if it ain't broken. That's right. If it's working, just keep going. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Question number three. What is your preferred shelter system? Is it tent, tarp, hammock, bivy, or do you do some cowboy camping out there in the swamps? Uh, if I have my druthers about me and that dew point is low enough, I'll, I'll cowboy camp until the cows come home. Uh, other than that, I just tarp. Oh, tarp. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what, what kind of tarp do you have? I have the Z-Packs. Uh, I believe it's eight and a half by 10, eight by 10, something like that. And I, re I really like it. I I've always wanted to try tarping. Uh, so I actually started this year with that tarp and a hammock. But I found within two weeks, I just wasn't using the hammock anymore. And it, I slept even better on the ground. So I just sleep on the ground now. <laughs> yeah, you, you've probably heard on previous episodes, my take on hammocks. They're, they're, they're the best for taking naps. I can have a great nap in a hammock, but there's no way... I can get a good night's sleep in a hammock. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you have a, a particular um, pitch of your, your tarp that you prefer? 
Ah, well, I, I tend if, if everything's perfect, I tend to use just the A-frame. Um, but that's not always the case. Sometimes you just got to get creative. And uh, if it's if it's nice out and there's no chance of rain, I'll just put it flat like a sheet just to keep the dew off of me and get all that extra airflow and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sometimes sometimes though you just I don't know you got to get creative. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's a, a number of YouTube um, channels out there that are kind of devoted to t- different tarp pitches, and you can mm-hmm. kind of go down the rabbit hole with that. Totally. Yeah, there's 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 one particular pitch called the asymmetrical Holden, which is, mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Uh, it it uh, gives you gives you access to the night sky, but still gives you some some good protection there. Yeah, I do want to play around with more uh, with with more di- different pin- pitches, varieties of them. And I I've not seen the asymmetrical Holden, but uh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, take a look. Take a look. All right. Question number four: Sleeping bag or quilt? Quilt. Yes. Yes. Look at you. <laughs> Tarp quilt. <laughs> what? So so with those those being in your bag what is your what is your pack weight what's your base weight do you think i think i think about this point because there's a couple of things that I, I just don't have a scale to weigh them out i think i'm at around 11 and a half pounds so nothing not too crazy no lighter than some heavier than others yeah oh, comfortable for than, me lighter than most not not uh uh heavy you're heavier than the really crazy crazy people who are sure you know, sure <laughs> breaking their toothbrushes in half and cutting off their extra extra straps Oh brother, I cut my, my toothbrush is cut in half, and it's got holes drilled in it. I told okay. you I was gonna fail the pole. <laughs> hang, hang on, hang on a second, hang on. No, 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 no. Okay, all right. <laughs> Question number five. Let's see if the ultralight trend continues here. When it comes to fo- food, are you a stove guy? Do you cold soak or you go stoveless? Cold soak. <sighs> <laughs> I warned you. I warned you. Oh. Wow! Wow! Really, you're you're a yeah. cold soak guy. Do you have a particular yeah. uh, recipe that you prefer, or or um, a meal that you do with cold soak that tastes better than most? Man, I love my oatmeal in the morning. You put my oatmeal with some instant carnation, vanilla flavored, and maybe some some collagen powder in there. And man, I'm good. That I always look forward to it every single day. Okay, I know it's crazy, but I love it. <laughs> now, at the end of at the end of a long day of hiking out there, you sit down, you make camp. Mm-hmm. What are you sitting down to? What are you eating as your cold? Well, soaking? usually uh, I eat uh, an hour or two before I even get to camp. So I'll, I'll either do some ramen and tuna with some olive oil and maybe some flavors packets, like whatever you get from a gas station or whatever. But if I, if it's a big day, I'll throw in uh, some mashed potatoes and do ramen bomb. Yeah. All yeah. cold. Though. All cold. All cold. <laughs> All <Got it>. cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Out and about, is life better above or below the tree line? I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I've not really done much hiking above the tree line yet, and I'm looking forward to it next year and the years after that, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking forward to finding out, though. So all 4,200-plus miles this past year have been below the tree line? Yep. Okay. All right. That's a fair answer. I mean, that's that's you don't know if you don't know. That's right. Okay. And then last question, question number seven, what's more important pack weight or luxury items? I, I guess I got to say pack weight. Cause I don't really have any luxury items and I, yeah, I, I live pretty Spartan, uh, hiking and in my 
other non-hiking life. So yeah, I, I guess it's pack weight. If, if there was a luxury item that I wanted, I'd probably carry it, but I don't really have any luxury items. You don't sound like a luxury guy. I mean, you're no, no, really pretty basic. Yeah. <laughs> what would be a luxury item you consider in the future? I don't, I don't know. Like if I wanted a luxury item, I would carry it. I think, I think I would carry it. Yeah. Like I don't, I sleep great. So I don't need a pillow and I sleep great. So I don't need like a blow up mattress. I, the ground is a perfectly good chair for me. Logs are good too. Uh, I don't know. I really don't I, know. <laughs> I think what I just saw there was out and about going through a mental checklist of, okay, I could bring this, not weighs too much. I could bring this, not it's extra weight. I could bring this. Nope. Nope. That's uh that's a, not too many more ounces. I'm not going to do that. He's, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be crazy or anything. I just, there's, there's nothing that like I miss or like, wait, oh, it would be really cool if I had this. Cause if I felt like that, I'd probably go get it, you know? Well, out and about, I've got some math to do here with these crazy answers that you've given me. Uh oh. So let me, uh, <laughs> let me do some addition here. Some, some math. Carry the three. I got to divide by root two. Let's multiply that by pi. And we're going to adjust for the uh, speed of an alligator in the swamp chasing you. <laughs> and I come up with a score of 46. Woo! 46. You're definitely closer closer to crazy than you are. To yeah. Yeah. Same. I suspected so. <laughs> yeah. It, your brother might even say that's a little bit high. He probably would. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, out and about, before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit. We want to hear about your origin story. Where'd, where'd you grow up? Uh, what mm -hmm. kind of sports and hobbies did you play? And how'd you get involved in this whole through hiking cult, this concept of spending days and weeks on end living in the dirt? Cool. Um, I, I grew up in South Florida, um, Southeast Florida. And uh, honestly, I've always just been outside. I grew up two miles from the Atlantic Ocean. So I'd ride my bike over to the beach all the time with live oaks and the Spanish moss. I grew up with the cypress swamps and I grew up with you know, all that good stuff. Um, I was in the scouts for a while. I'm an Eagle scout. So been camping and everything. Uh, we what, used was to, your, what was your, what was your Eagle scout project? It was planting a bunch of uh, palm trees at a friend's, uh, my friend's mom's uh, elementary school. Yeah. We planted like a hundred palm trees. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, and then from like 12 years old um, until oh. You know, until I left the house around, I think I was 19 after community college. We used to do family vacations. We do everything from, you know, going to Grand Canyon, Yosemite, to one epic trip. We drove from South Florida all the way to Dead Horse, Alaska on the Arctic Ocean. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> wow, what a road trip that was. How many thousands yeah. of miles was that? I don't know how many miles it was, but it took two weeks to get there. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then after that, I... um. I uh, I went I went to college and dropped out and started, you know, hitchhiking and hopping trains and just living all over the country and going on my own adventures. And then about 2002, 2003, something like that, I attempted the Appalachian Trail, got about 500 miles into it. And unbeknownst to me, I had a stress fracture in my foot that wound up widening and broke. So that got me off trail right around the Grayson Highlands where the ponies are. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I was like... I'm going to finish this trail before I'm a certain age. I'm going to finish this trail before I'm a certain age. And I hit that age and I was like, I got to poop or get off the pot. <laughs> Time to go, man. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah. Now we're hiking. 
Okay. A couple, a couple follow-up questions here. Yeah. You said hopping trains. Yeah. Hopping like, a, like, you know, in my mind, I've, I've got these old time movies running through them now with this, this image of, of guys hopping trains and, yeah. and uh, sitting in a, in a, a box car, just kind of watching the, the scenery go by outside uh-huh. the open door. What, what, uh, what is in, what is involved in, in hopping trains? Where did you go? Why, why did you hop trains? Uh, well, first, I, I'd say whatever your image is of those people, we were probably actually dirtier than that image. Uh, <laughs> you get pretty filthy out there. Um, why the adventure? I'm like a dog with a stick. I just I just got to keep going. Uh, it's just too much fun. Just so exciting. Uh, why was the adventure? The where was wherever the wind blew. Just sometimes you go visit friends. Sometimes you just want to go see this part of the country you've never been to. And yeah, it was great. I had a fantastic time. So where, what was the longest trip you took hopping a train? I think the longest single trip was from uh, North Florida to just outside of Chicago. Wow. wow. <laughs> and do they, they have guys that come and check the cars to make sure that there's nobody like you on there? Yep. They're called bulls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and did, you, did you encounter any bulls? Uh, I'll... I'll, I'll I'll answer that with some advice my mother always gave me. Be good or be good at it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so by being good at it, you were able to evade detection? One could say that, yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. And then <laughs> the the uh, the AT, so you uh-huh. did 500 miles of it, mm-hmm. and you ended up with a, a stress fracture. When did you first become aware that something like the AT existed. Was it because you grew up in in Florida that uh, you had this awareness of the trail on the east that East Coast Trail? Or when when do you remember that moment? Yeah, I I, I vaguely. Um, so my grandma on my mom's side, she's from Western North Carolina, uh, right where the AT goes to the Smokies and stuff. So I've been going up there since I was two. Um, so I'd heard about the AT from my grandpa. Um, and I'd also heard about the mountain, the sea trail from, from him as well. Um, so I'd, I'd known about them and then I just got really into the idea. Um, once I started traveling on my own as an adult, um, yeah, yeah. So it's been, I've known about it since I was a little kid and I've, I've always wanted to do them and, um, yeah. So I'm just kind of chugging along, working my way through them now. Yeah. Now you said pooper, get off the pot. Um, (laughs) <laughs> you, you reached that certain age that you had set for yourself and it still hadn't happened. Are, right. are you d- determined to poop or are you determined to get off the pot? Oh, I'm definitely, I'm, yeah, the, 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 the first. <laughs> you didn't want to say I'm definitely pooping. <laughs> <laughs> and so are you going to start it back down at Springer Mountain or are you going to pick up where you left off? Neither. I'm uh, starting in Key West in about six weeks. No way. Key West. You're, you're going to go yep. Key West to, are you going to do the international AT? I am. That's the plan. Key West wow. to Newfoundland. It's 5,700 miles. Wow. <laughs> okay. Now, before we get to that story and uh, stories from the 4,200 plus miles that you've done this year, um, what do you do to pay the bills? How do you finance your adventures? Sure. Uh, I sell photography. Um, I have some awesome Patreon supporters. And I have a couple of dividend-producing securities that help out too. Okay, I understood all of those words that you said individually, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm still a little bit mystified as to how that how that works. But I, I, I'll go with that. 
It's pretty cheap living, walking around and sleeping on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopping trains. Yeah. 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 There's not a lot of uh, taxes or fees that go into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't need to go through the security line. You just. Uh, That's just right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to do a uh, pre-flight check-ins or anything. <laughs> That's right. Got to go to Chicago. All right. Uh, I'm going to hang out by the tracks for a bit and make sure I catch yep. the right train. Yep. Yep. <laughs> nice. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear about uh, some of his past adventures and some of the, uh, as you got a taste of, some of the, the future plans for Out and About. Stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Through hiker owned Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We are talking to Jason Tompkins, a.k.a. Out and About. And we've just uh, heard some stories about hitching trains, hopping trains from Florida to Chicago. 
no less. I mean, that is that is quite a distance, um, as well as where where he grew up and the things he's he's done. Let's talk about what you've done in 2022. Now, I have listed here. I've got Florida Trail, the Pinhoti Trail, the Carolinian, the Ocean, the Lake Trail, Foothills Trail, Superior Hiking Trail. You did all those in 2022. I have. That's right. When did you start? What time of the year? Um. Well, I guess technically I did the Ocean Lake Trail like the last week of December of 21, but I started the uh, Florida Trail on January 3rd, January 4th, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how many uh, of the 52 weeks of 2022, of those 52 weeks, how many weeks were spent on the trail, do you think? Um, I probably hiked six, six to seven months. This year so far straight i was I, while i was doing the uh the carolinian um i visited friends and visited family and family and stuff like that you know if i'm gonna be walking through the town that they're in i might as well go say hi mm-hmm. sure i wasn't i wasn't racing anybody i wasn't racing myself yeah i had the time <laughs> yeah now i don't have a lot of experience actually being in florida Mm-hmm. Uh, the Florida that I know revolves around Disney World. I think I went there on a, a school trip once. Um, sure, as an adult, as a chaperone. So yeah, uh, that's as, as my lone uh, visit to Florida. So in uh-huh. my mind, I've got these varying images of of what it must be like to hike the Florida Trail or, or hike mm-hmm. in Florida. And in my mind, it's it's swampy with gators uh, around every turn. Is that <laughs> is that is that just a a myth? it's it's more of a myth than it isn't uh yeah there's you definitely see gators uh being a local too i i have to say like they want absolutely nothing to do with you but i would say florida hiking is more so uh oak trees with the swaying spanish moss and uh slash pine and palmetto forest and stuff like that and lazy rivers and springs with manatees I'd say it's more that stuff than it is 15 foot boas, pythons, and now, now apparently Nile crocodiles. Who'd have knew? Wow. <laughs> now, which, which is meaner, the, the gators or the crocodiles? Which is what? Meaner. I, from what I understand, it's the crocodiles, but there's luckily there's not that many of them. They haven't taken over yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are snakes, an invasive species of snakes that that they are now like there's a bounty out on them. They get people. There is, yeah. Actually, um, last week there was they found a a a giant python. I think it was a 15 foot python or something like that. And uh, yeah, it's always open season for hunting them because they're super invasive. And they cut it open and found a uh, fully intact five foot gator inside of it. (laughs) So yeah, I'm I'm staying away from all of that. That is horrifying. I mean, if it I'm is. scared of the gators and there's something out there eating the gators, oh, but yeah, not not my cup of tea. No, no, no. But honestly, like, yeah, the gators want nothing to do with you. So now, have you run into Jupiter down there? I've not run into Jupiter, and it's funny enough, we uh, grew up in the same town. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, small world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know his his mom did a lot of work on the uh, uh, the Florida Trail. He's done the Florida Trail a number of times. Mm-hmm. I think he's also done the Eastern Continental Trail that you're you've got yep. uh, planned for 2023. So um, he's got a lot of experience there on the on the East Coast and particularly Florida. So yeah, absolutely. I think he's done the Ocean Lake Trail like over a dozen times or something like that. <laughs> okay. So how long is the Florida Trail? 
The Florida Trail is about 1,100 miles. It's this got a similarity to the Continental Divide Trail, and then it's got a couple of alternates, three different alternates. So uh, the route that I took last year is 1,108 miles, I believe. But this year, I'm going to be taking uh, the alternates. So I don't know how long that'll be. I think it'll be around 1,200 or so. Okay. So a little bit different. So it won't be the, the in, entirely the same trail. Mm-hmm. And your best story from the Florida Trail? Any type two fun that you ran into out there? Yeah, Bradwell Bay. Uh, <laughs> Bradwell Bay was it's it makes the swamps and the Everglades look like uh, a, a, a a toy, like a, a little a little kid's toy. It was Bradwell Bay was frustrating and particularly for me. And the most challenging day that I had all year was specifically because. Long story, very short, is uh, I was waiting to get some shoes delivered to me from a friend of mine, and uh, I was not able to get them that day due to logistical issues, but uh, I, had, I waited around for three hours waiting to get them, and so by the time that I got to Bradwell Bay, which is not really a bay, it's more of a dark, dark swamp that you would see in the most horrific fantasy films ever. Um, beautiful, but it got dark before I got through it. Uh, so I had to go walk through this wasty swamp, uh, at night, which was absolutely insane. Uh, but I had my, my druthers about me finally made it through. And by the end of it, I was already looking forward to, uh, reacquainting myself with it this coming year. Uh, but in the daylight. Yeah, definitely in the daylight. <laughs> See now out and about, that's the image I had in my mind when I'm, when I'm thinking of Florida and I'm saying, <laughs> is that a myth or not? And then you said, no, no, that, that, that's, that's a myth that never happens. And then you tell me <laughs> about having to wade through waste deep yeah. water in the dark, uh, in, in a swamp. <laughs> I mean, that's, oh. these are the decisions that I made though. These I would, I will not do that again. Uh, I chose poorly. Uh, I just wanted to get those shoes and, uh, it just didn't work out. So, <laughs> Holy <laughs> you may have only ended up needing one shoe. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I came close to don donating a shoe uh, into the swamp. Yeah. Yeah. I donated a few words, though. That's for sure. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> All right. How about the Pinhoti Trail? I really enjoyed it. Um, I was how long, how planning long, how on long doing... is that? How long is that and where is it located? It's about 350 miles. Uh, the lion's share of it is in northern Alabama. And there's some of it in North Georgia as well. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I wasn't planning on doing it, but I finished the Florida trail earlier than I anticipated. I was just having a great time with my trail family. And uh, I didn't want to get to the Carolinian or the Palmetto trail, which is part of the Carolinian before April, because it's in the mountains and it's cold. So I decided to do the Penhody trail and connect that via the Benton Mackay trail to Springer, uh, which is a Southern terminus of the Appalachian trail. Yeah, it was great. Um, honestly, I did not expect all the views on the Penhody. I didn't expect all the waterfalls. I didn't expect uh, it was it was beautiful. The leaf out hadn't happened yet, so you, you get all these gorgeous vistas. And yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I'm already looking forward to it next year. Okay. Yeah. Was the Penhody Trail was it all Type One fun, or did you have any Type Two as well? It was all Type One. Yeah, it was great. Okay. I didn't sounds really like have it. any no, issues. Like yeah, it was pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Plenty of opportunity for type one fun when there's not alligators and swamps involved. So for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> now of the ones that you had listed uh, in our, our pre-interview discussions mm -hmm. uh, and communications, I had never heard of the Carolinian. Tell me about the Carolinian. Where, where is it? How long is it? 
The Carolinian, the Carolinian didn't exist. Uh, I just made it up this year. Uh, it is, it's a 2,200 mile trail uh, route. Uh, however, yeah, I'll, I'll go through it the way, the direction that I did it. I started in the mountains of the Northwestern mountains of South Carolina on the Palmetto Trail, which is a 500 mile um, long distance trail that goes from Northwestern South Carolina to Charleston, South Carolina, which is Southeastern. Um, and then it was a beautiful trail. Absolutely awesome. Not a lot of people know about it. It's pretty new. I think it was established in 1994. Um, and then I just got a crazy idea to walk from basically Charleston all the way up to, uh, Nags Head or Jockey's Ridge, um, on the outer banks of North Carolina, which is the Eastern terminus of the mountain to sea trail. So yeah, I decided to walk 375 mile roadwalk, uh, <laughs> For two weeks and uh did that uh i that section i'm considering to be optional for anybody that wants to do the carolinian and not do the tw full 2200 miles you could just knock out the you know 1850 and not do the 375 mile road walk although there's probably some crazies out there like myself who would be into it um i like road walks i like going to new towns and trying out their foods and then there's the mountain to sea trail and that goes uh, almost 1,200 miles from the Atlantic Ocean all the way to Springer Mountain, not Springer Mountain, uh, Clingman's Dome, which is on the border of Tennessee and North Carolina. And that's the highest point on the Appalachian Trail as well. So it meets up with the AT. Then you do 55 miles of the Appalachian Trail down to the northern terminus of the Bartram Trail. And then you hike all of the Bartram Trail down to where you started at. So you wind up doing in 2,200 miles or even the 1850, three full through hikes of the Palmetto Trail, the Mountain of Sea Trail, and the Barton Trail. And it, it's basically a loop, right? You end up where you started? Yep. Yep, exactly. And conveniently enough, uh, the place that I started and ended is the exact place where the western terminus is of the Foothills Trail, which is a beautiful little 77-mile trail in northwestern South Carolina. And so you gave you, you strung all these together and you gave it the name – the Carolinian? I did. Yep. Look at you. Trail creator. <laughs> adventure, adventure creator. Trying, trying. I think that's a beautiful part of the country. And I, I, I wanted to experience it myself, you know, slow traveling. And I, it's honestly, it could be a four season trail that people can do in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. Just more options for folks who would like to do crazy stuff. Right. Now, 375 mile road walk. That doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. Uh, there was some boring parts about it, but I came up with a line that I like and roads or trails get you country roads, get you culture. And I, I have found uh, a real enjoyment of walking roads. Uh, I like the, I like trying out different foods. I like the subtleties of little towns and how they change. I like the subtleties of accents and different mannerisms that you get to walk through and experience. So I don't really have a problem with it. Now I understand if I was to only have a, a certain amount of time to go out and hike a lone trail, I probably wouldn't be that interested in walking roads since that's a, that's a limited, very limited, limited amount of time. But I had the time and the freedom to do it. So I, I really enjoyed it. Had some of the best Vietnamese food in my life in Wilmington and no, no regrets. There were some boring sections. There were some challenging days, but um, that is, that's, you know, you take the good with the bad, right? Yeah. Now the 375 miles, was it, was it not, it was, it wasn't all the same road. I mean, were some of them like country roads or some of it like highways? What did it look like? 
the way that I took it, just because I wanted to knock it out as fast as possible, it was just two highways. They're very, one of them, the big part was very busy. The other one was just a small little highway. However, um, one could tack on some a little bit of extra miles and hike. Uh, it's called the Eastern East Coast Greenway, which is a bicycle path route that you can take from Key West, Florida, all the way to Canada. Um, and that'll get you off the major highways and onto some forest roads and dirt roads. But I just wanted to knock it out and get done with it as fast as possible. So, but if somebody else wanted to go do that, you could absolutely do it. You could bike it in five days. So, from from Key West to Canada? No, 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 no. <laughs> the, 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 that, that's going way faster than I could go. <laughs> now, you, your your travels took you to the Outer Banks. Tell us about that. The Outer Banks was really, really cool. Um, I genuinely love beaches. Uh, like I said, I grew up two miles from them. Um, it was cool. And this, like, I love the ocean. I'm, you put me next to the water, I'm getting in it. Uh, I don't care what temperature it is. Um, it was cool walking on there. Some really, really comfortable sand walking. Beach walking isn't always the easiest, but it, that was awesome. And then you get to take two ferries because you're going from island to island. And um, I really fell in love with Ocracoke Island. It's the last island on the Outer Banks um, going if you're going south or southbound or westbound. It was really cool. It was like I got to hang out there for a day and a half, learning about like small island communities, how they get along, what they do in the tour season, what they do in the off season. It's where Blackbeard, the famous pirate, got beheaded. Uh, some Just some really cool stories and really cool cultures that I would have never expected. Yeah. Yeah, you could. I mean. Just looking at you, you, you could have picked up the trail name Blackbeard. I could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, Outer Banks, they're islands, but they are, they're they connected by roads, right? Um, Some of them are. There are, there are two ferries. One's uh, it's like an hour long, and the other one's like a two and a half hour long ferry. Mm -hmm. that, um, so they're not connected by roads, but the rest of them are, yeah. It's really cool. And like, uh, I don't know, 10, 10 miles north of where the uh, Mountain of Sea Trail starts is Kitty Hawk, where the first flight took place. So mm -hmm. that's cool. The The island closest to the Outer Banks that I had to cross to get there was uh, Roanoke Island. And that was the site of the, the lost colony of Roanoke. Uh, so that was pretty cool going and checking out that history and stuff. Yeah, I really had a great time. <laughs> yeah, a lot of history on the West, on the East Coast. East Coast Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, tons of it. Now, mm -hmm. any any uh, any experiences on the Carolinian where you thought, "What am I doing out here?" Or this is pretty dicey. Uh, not not so much. What was I doing out here? But there was one of my favorite days and most challenging days was it was on the Mountain to Sea Trail section of it, and basically, I was walking along a river for a few miles, hanging out with this this other hiker that I not even a hiker. They were there's some guy camping. Uh, he had like a little base camp and stuff like that. And we got along. So he hiked with me for a little while, looking at the waterfalls, passing these rivers and drank all my water and was like, okay, I'm going to hike out of this uh, valley up into the top of this ridge and then back down into this gorge. I was like, oh, there's, there's some water source right up here on the map, right? I was like, okay, I don't need to fill up. I'll just not carry all that water until I get to this water source. Well, that water source was dried up. And then I had to climb up out of that valley up on top and then basically had to do 15 miles, uh, some pretty big elevation uh, with no water. Uh, it was absolutely stunning. It reminded me of like, it was like, I call it the Grand Canyon of the East. Like absolutely wonderful. But I got pretty dehydrated. 
uh, got a little dizzy. And I've had that happen to me once in my life before. And I wound up getting Giardia because I had to choose poor water uh, as opposed to, you know, falling off a mountain. But this time I was just I just had to play it safe. I didn't get too close to the edge. I knew I wasn't feeling awesome, but I did eventually find some water uh, dripping out of a spring, a piped spring. And I had to spend like an hour filling up just a liter bottle because it was that slow. But I definitely needed it. <laughs> but it was the, the most challenging day of the Carolinian and also my one of my favorites. I've never had Giardia, but I understand it's not a lot of fun. No, it's not. Yeah, I, I really appreciated the people at the hostel I got. I was recovering at it from in Damascus, Virginia, who were bringing me the National Geographic while I slept in the shower. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's it in a nutshell right there. I mean, you want to know what it's like. That's what it's like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, the, the Ocean to Lake Trail, the Foothills Trail, Superior Hiking Trail, was that part of the Carolinian? Uh, no, the Ocean to Lake Trail is a 61-mile trail that goes from Lake Okeechobee in Florida That's to the Atlantic Florida, Ocean. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, for anybody who's at all interested in the Florida Trail, um, I think the Ocean to Lake Trail is a really good microcosm of the entire Florida Trail. Um, so it's 61 miles instead of 1,100. You get a little town. You get a tiny little roadwalk. You get swamp. You get uh, sugarcane fields and agriculture. You get the oak hammocks and the swaying Spanish moss. And it's cool. So if you if you liked that, then I would say, yeah, definitely go check out the Florida Trail. Um, you or if you, do don't the have time, if you don't have time to do the Florida mm-hmm. Trail, I mean, you do a 61-mile trail uh, in just a few Absolutely. days. Absolutely. So you kind of Absolutely. get the full experience. Nice. 100%, yeah. And then um, the Foothills Trail, was that was just kind of icing on the cupcake being down in uh, the South and that from what I understand, it's got the most number of waterfalls per mile than any other trail in the country. Absolutely beautiful. The superior hiking trail. I'd known that I wanted to do that for a while. I lived in Minneapolis, Minnesota for about 10 years and I'd done some hiking up in that area. And I knew that I wanted to do the superior hiking trail and I specifically wanted to do it in the fall because of the, the changing of the season and the fall colors. And this year just worked out great. Um, I was intending on starting that trail two weeks earlier, but I had a knee injury that I needed to recover from. And it worked out great because the fall came exactly two weeks late. So had I started when I intended to, I would have missed the entirety of the fall. And it was absolutely stunning. And I think that that trail is a 10 out of 10 hands down. Wow. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. It scores slightly higher on the sanity scale than you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Slightly. (laughs) Now, how did you get up there? Did you hop a train? No, I didn't. No, no, I haven't hopped trains in a very long time at this point. No, I just flew from uh, Asheville, North Carolina up to Minneapolis and visited friends for a good while. Did you hop a plane? I hopped a plane. Yeah, it was a legal plane. hop, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, legal in the sense that I hid I hid down in the lower decks, down with, the, you know, the animals <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't no, either. Let's... Uh, <laughs> let's uh, Let's talk about uh, some different aspects of being out there on the trail. Did you, I mean, during all these experiences last year, did you encounter a lot of other people? I mean, were there trail families involved as you went along? Uh, what a drastically different answer. Um, the For the Florida Trail, we had a massive fa- trail family um, to the point that trail angels and locals and volunteers and maintainers wound up calling the trail family the bubble because – historically I, I there just hasn't have been that many people hiking through hiking the florida trail 
And there were so many people in this trail family, you know, it, it changes over, you know, two months to do it. It could be anywhere between four people a night and 14. Um, so that was really cool. I only spent one night of the entire two months on the Florida trail by myself, one night camping. Um, and I wound up partying at a gas station after hours with the locals. So that was cool. Uh, <laughs> and, that then, might, and that might qualify you uh, in Ivy Tats uh, uh, lexicon as being hiker trash. Yeah, I didn't sleep partying in a at, uh, partying uh, at a gas station. Yeah, I didn't sleep in a porta potty, but uh, <laughs> it was close. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so that was really cool. I got to learn a lot. That being my first like long distance hike, I learned a lot from like really uh, experienced hikers. I, a couple of you have you've had on there. I was I hiked with Mega Man for a while. I hiked with uh, Nugs for a while. Um, and then, so the flip side of that is yeah, is, Mega Man. I was just talking with I interviewed Elena Osborne yesterday. Tip tap. And yeah. uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, off the air, talking about Mega Man and his story. Uh, his, his name is Wesley Tills, and he is. Yep. There's an episode on the podcast called "The Runaway Missionary," which is just a, a in my mind, a fantastic story. Of, Absolutely, uh, I've been telling all my friends to go listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, his 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 bear story is absolutely insane. <laughs> yes. um, and then after that, it was it was kind of crazy. I didn't even realize it until. I met my first hiker uh, almost being done with the Mountain of Sea Trail. They were asking like, oh, you, I, yeah, I guess you haven't seen a lot of hikers. And I was like, yeah, I haven't seen. Whoa, four months. I had not seen another hiker or camped with anybody outside of like a state forest where they have electricity and showers and all that kind of thing. I hadn't seen anybody in four months. And 2,200 miles, which is for your listeners – the equivalent of walking the entirety of the Appalachian trail alone. Right. <laughs> it was wild. And uh, I loved it. I love both of them. I love being surrounded by people and having a great time, but I also liked the solitary uh, and the freedom to just be, do what I wanted when I wanted, how I wanted. It was great. Jason, four months, 2,200 miles on your own. That's a long time to be alone. I mean, it was, do, do you run out of thoughts? Do you run out of things to think about? Nope. No, nope, not at all. No, I, I also do a lot of photography while I'm hiking and it helps to keep me present. It helps to keep me grounded and kind of grateful for where I'm at. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I never got lonely. I, I like myself. <laughs> that That's cool. <laughs> that's good. Do you find yourself talking to yourself out there? No, no. Yeah. I, I would go a couple of days without saying a single word out loud. <laughs> You know, your score has just been adjusted down a few points. You're now 43. What is it? If you get down in the 30s, you ought, you have to get a 51 and 50. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I push the, I push the hotline button uh, when we get down to that level. <laughs> we need a team in there right now. That's right. Go get them, extract them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I love this other topic that, that you had kind of listed that we wanted to explore, and that's figuring it out. Mm -hmm. um, of course, if you're going to be out there alone for four months or 2,200 miles, uh, you're, you're out in the middle of nowhere by yourself, something goes wrong. Um, you've got to figure it out. And so you, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Sometimes, um, on the, the Carolina road walk that 375 mile section, I would usually like the, the morning of, I would look about 25, 30 miles up and see, look for some green areas and then figure out where I was going to sleep because there's no campsites. Um, and one day uh, I, I got about 25 miles 
to where to a gas station where I was was gonna wait out, wait till the sun went down a little bit. So I started looking at my map, I was charging my devices, had some dinner. Um and I uh, noticed some weird lettering on the on the map. Uh, I was just using Google Earth or whatever. And uh, I was like, what what is this? What does this mean? And I zoomed out a little bit. There's more. I don't know what this is. I zoomed out a little bit more and was like, oh no. That's the United States Marine Corps Special Operations Command <laughs> for miles and miles and miles. So after a 25-mile day, I had to do another 15 just to make it past there to figure out where the heck I'm going to sleep because I'm sure as heck not going to be climbing barbed wire fence to be on a Marine base. <laughs> I might be a little wild and crazy, but I'm not that wild and crazy. That would have been That would have been some type three fun. Yeah, absolutely. If if I was lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest of figuring it out is like, yeah, I mean, when I was in that that swamp section of Bravo Bay at night, um, I, I, I made it through there, but I had to consider what if I don't make it through? And luckily, I did still have my hammock with me. So I did have the option of being able to string up the hammock if I needed to between the cypress trees and above the water. So that would have been interesting. I'm glad I didn't have to do that. But sometimes you have to figure out backups um, just so that you can be safe. Like I might do some dumb stuff, but I'm always safe about it. I'm always I'm always weighing my options and I want to be able to keep doing this for as long as I can. And you, you got to be safe as you can in order to do that. Absolutely. Now, what kinds of skills have you acquired through this uh, through this experience? Um. A friend of mine I met on the Florida Trail, uh, Bear Magnet. He 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 talks about mental bear, grit. Bear, Bear Magnet. That's got to be a yeah. good story. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Um, he, yeah, mental grit uh, is a word that he uses, and um, just it's part of the figuring it out thing, and it's kind of the confidence building. Uh, one of the yeah, one of the skills I would say is learning how to adapt mentally and emotionally to challenging situations. And I think that it is a skill set, and I think that it only comes from experience. Um, you can't purchase a subscription and just have it delivered to you. Uh, and then other skills would be like, yeah, learning how to set up my tarp in different different ways, uh, figuring out um, my body and how to um, get up and down elevation uh, faster, quicker, um, safer. Uh, and then other little fun things like uh, – figuring out uh, when to take a break. Uh, sometimes if you're, if you're hiking along and it's getting to be about break time, maybe it's around lunchtime and uh, you see that there's a trailhead coming up. I might just walk that little extra bit and take a break at the trailhead. Cause you never know what kind of trail mag that's going to hit you. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I've heard other guests describe this as uh, getting comfortable being uncomfortable and just yep. kind of enduring. And that is a real skill. Absolutely. And uh, I, I think that like one thing that I'm super happy about growing up in South Florida um, is that you you get used to humidity. Nobody likes it, but you just learn to get used to it. And then another one is uh, having grown up in South Florida is you, nobody likes bugs and mosquitoes and spiders and big old black ants crawling all over you. But you get used to it growing up in the swamp. So it, you can still sleep in a tarp. <laughs> exposed on the ground <laughs> man if you were sleeping in a tarp in florida you are sleeping under a tarp in florida you, you've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable absolutely <laughs> there's some creepy crawlies out there man 
There certainly are. <laughs> How big are the mosquitoes in Florida? Uh, big enough to carry away small children. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any memorable people that you met out there uh, these last 4,200 miles? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, of course. Uh, Mega Man, Nugs, uh, the Scavenger Princess, 1800 uh the channel when you tough when love. you met when you met mega man and nugs did you had you listened to their episodes on the on the podcast they weren't even on your podcast yet oh, okay all right yeah. yeah yeah although i do remember um nugs mentioning that she was scheduled to be on it but that y'all postponed it so she could go because she's she's wild lady she yeah. uh wanted to go hike the arizona trail directly after the florida trail right yeah 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 and then when when it finally came out i of course i immediately listened to it yeah <laughs> yeah, I met, yeah, met met a ton of people. Ab- absolutely yeah. had a great time. I would just uh, feel really grateful that I was able to help uh, give some context to uh, a hiker called Dad Bod. Uh, he did the Florida Trail too, and um, he just finished the Mountain to Sea Trail like last week. So that was really cool to be able to help out. And yeah, every single person that I met was great. Couldn't I couldn't have recommended it better. I'm pretty sure Dad Bod didn't pick his own trail name. <laughs> you don't think so, huh? <laughs> That's funny. All right, hey, what's uh, what's next for out and about? We heard about the Eastern Continental Trail from Key West mm-hmm. through what? What is the northern terminus? Newfoundland. Newfoundland. That's right. That's right. Fifty-five hundred yeah. miles. Yeah, fifty-seven hundred miles. My 5, goal is to. I at least want to make it to Ga- Cape Gaspe, which is the. Uh, the northeasternmost point of the continent. Um, that's at least where I want to go. And then anything after that is bonus. Um, if I can make it all the way through Newfoundland, that's that would be awesome. I would absolutely love that. But I also don't want to be in Newfoundland in November. I want to be in New Zealand by then. <laughs> I hear right. it gets cold up there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And let's talk about New Zealand. What are you going to do in New Zealand next year? I am going to budget willing uh, hike Tararoa. Um, I'm, I, I'm going to start off in the Northern part of the, the North Island and start off with that 90 mile beach walk, um, following the footsteps of tip tap and, uh, yeah, go hike that awesome country. And I got a couple of friends that might come out and visit, uh, excited about doing all that. Go to see some Lord of the Rings scenery and go hike around Mordor and all that jazz. That's right. That's right. You've got beach, you've got roadwalk, you've got mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings scenery. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be epic. Yeah. What more do you want? <laughs> nice. Maybe, maybe, um, in my conversation with Elena yesterday, tip tap, she mm-hmm. talked about doing some trail angeling. Maybe, maybe we can, we can set up a trail angel opportunity there. That would be rad. I love, I love hearing her stories and her, her documentaries are fantastic. Yeah. She is so talented. So talented. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you, you've got plans beyond 2023. You even got 2024 mapped out. Yeah, I got 25 mapped out too. I just didn't oh want my. to bore you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, barring, no, barring any injuries and barring budget and everything like that, I'd like to come back from the Tayaroa in New Zealand and go hike the Arizona Trail. See, long-term wise, I, I have a plan, you know, plan to, plan to work, work the plan. I'm trying to skill build basically with each trail. And so after New Zealand, go do Arizona and I work on my desert hiking because there's a little trail pretty close to where you are um, that I want to do after the Arizona trail. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called the Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah. It rings a bell. I think I've heard of it. Yeah. 
I think there might be a picture in your background from a section of that. I'm not nice. sure. Uh, That's right. So yeah, I want to do the Arizona Trail, then the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, we'll see what the snowfall is, and we'll see what the fires are like. Uh, finish that, maybe go do the Sheltoe Trace. And um, that's in Kentucky and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then winter in South America, um, just traveling around, experiencing those cultures. And then come back to the States and do maybe the Wachita um, Trail and the Ozarks Trail in like uh, Missouri and Arkansas. And then the CDT, Common Divide Trail, get that triple crown. Yeah. After that, I don't know, Southeast Asia, it's a big old world and, and try to see as much of it as I can. Sky's the limit. Very sky's good. the limit, brother. All and by right. then I'll have a better answer for you of whether or not I prefer above tree line or below tree line. Okay. All right. We'll have to do a follow-up interview. Fair. Okay. Hey, out and about, you know where we are? Of course you do. You know where we oh, are. Oh, you tell me. The pro tip insight of the week. Yes, it's that time of the of the episode where you're gonna share some trail wisdom with us. What do you have? Mm, I actually used the one I was planning on using. Um, I see yeah, with people jump the gun. Yeah, they, they, they do. They, they do. We get all excited. <laughs> uh, so I already used it. I'm going to mention it again because it's good. Uh, go to a trailhead if you're if you're going getting ready for a break because you never know what kind of trail magic somebody's going to bring you. Another pro tip inside of the week. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I learned this one the hard way. Uh, just it's common. Everybody says you should do it. Everybody says it's a, one of the first one hundred ones of hiking and camping. Look up for dead branches and dead leaves before you set up your, your tent site. Uh, yeah, I I set mine up in Florida somewhere and woke up in the middle of the night to I'd say a 15, 20 foot big old oak branch fell down so hard to the ground about ten feet from me. Not only did it the sound wake me up, but it shook the earth enough to wake me up and another hiker about 25 feet away from me. So check for those dead branches. Check. You don't know what kind of storms you're going to be getting. And uh, honestly, just uh, <laughs> look before you set your stuff up because you don't want to set your stuff up, be all good and happy, and then be like, uh-oh, I didn't look. And next thing you know, you got to move your whole camp. <laughs> See, that is the whole point of the pro tip inside of the week. That's to allow our listeners to level up without having to actually go through the painful experiences. They can they can listen to your painful experience and say, right, you know that is a great lesson that I did not did not have to learn on my own. 100%. <laughs> nice. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time without and about. Want to thank him for joining us this week. Jason, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Absolutely. I'm on Facebook and Instagram currently as Jason Tompkins. Uh, Instagram is uh, out in about 53. Um, I'm working on trying to edit some videos of the hikes that I've been doing so far. Um, that's not available yet on YouTube, but I'll post up when they're all ready to go. So that'll be eight through hikes this year. Um, and then next year, we'll see what happens. Okay. And what is the significance of 53? Because uh, it, that, it, is, did you did you go Jason Tompkins? Oh, that's taken. Jason Tompkins one. No, that's taken. Jason Tompkins. <laughs> it's it, it's out and about fifty three. Uh, fifty three was just the, yeah. Fifty three was just the number that popped up, but uh, I liked it because it uh, is part of the name of a, a day trader that I follow. Okay, and it's a it's a prime number. It's also a prime number. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> prime number for a prime guy. There you go. Ah, shucks. (laughs) (laughs) Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. 
And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamir at gmail.com. The Adventure Media Recommendation. Out and about, I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, movie, documentary, website, some kind of, of outdoor adventure media. Uh, keep our listeners connected to the trail. We call this our Adventure Media Recommendation. What do you have for us? Um, Honestly, and, and I know you've talked about this and a lot of people know about it. Uh, I saw this documentary called The Alpinist this year, and it was absolutely fantastic. And I've had to, I've seen it five times now because I just had to keep showing it to people and it's honestly to me it's inspiring in the sense of uh I'm not going to give away any spoilers or anything but uh it's inspiring to me to like be present in your in your surroundings and be present in your adventures and to really push yourself and like the joy of leveling up your skill sets and when you can do that um and do that skill building you can go do and push yourself and do crazier things and more adventurous things. And yeah, it just really opens up your parameters and options. And I really think that's cool. Yeah. The Alpinist. Excellent recommendation. Thank you. Yeah. What have we not asked you? And before we wrap things up, just one more segment for you called, what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell us about? What do we miss today during the interview? Why? Okay. That's a good, okay. Why? Yes. <laughs> why, why in the heck are you doing this? <laughs> Ah, one word, man. Freedom. Like, that's it. I I just, I'm like, I. <laughs> this is something that I learned about myself. I'm like a dog with a stick, right? I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. Uh, I got a close friend of mine, Allie, who lives in Minnesota, and she has this dog named Juniper, who loves the water and who loves playing fetch. And I would be throwing these, all these sticks into the water and she'd be jumping in. And my friend had to eventually, a couple of times, say, Hey, you know what? Uh, I need you to stop doing that with my dog right now. Uh, she doesn't know when to quit and you're going to kill her if you keep going. Uh, and I've learned about myself that I need to have some patience with myself and take breaks because that freedom that I love and, and dear so much is I'll just keep going. I'll just keep it. Oh, what's around over there? Oh, what's over there? Oh, who am I going to meet over here? And I just keep going. I went two months without taking a zero day and I, it's that freedom, man. It's that freedom of taking a laugh or taking a ride or going and grabbing some food over here, hanging out with this new friend over here. Like I absolutely adore it. And to me, there's nothing like sleep, going to sleep somewhere different than where you woke up. Freedom. That is a fantastic explanation. And I love the analogy to the dog with the stick. <laughs> that is great. That is great. <laughs> but hey, that is a, a wrap from the John Freaky Mirror studio. Any shout outs to friends and family out and about? Yeah, I, I would, I've never met him. Uh, fantastic dude, uh, great hiker. Uh, his name's Lil Buddha. That's his trail name. Uh, absolutely fantastic dude. He's, I consider him my hiking mentor. Um, yeah, wonderful person. And if I don't think you've had him on the podcast, but if you are interested in a really rad hiker and a really great person, check out Lil Buddha. Okay, now you've never met him. How did you? How do you know about Lil Buddha? Is that uh, is that through his YouTube channel or? Nope. Uh, he doesn't even have a YouTube channel as far as I know. He okay. was on another podcast called The Orange Blaze, um, okay. which is mostly about the Florida Trail. And uh, he was on a couple of those and just heard about him and had some questions about that ex those experiences, followed him. And the guy's got tens of thousands of miles and keeps doing crazier, crazier things and just loves it. Yeah, he's been really, really kind and loves to help out new hikers. So, yeah, okay. fantastic dude. I'm writing down his trail name. Here we go. Good. Cool. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. 
It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you've had to wade through waist-deep water in Bradwell Bay in the dark. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.